This is Max Hedrum. Hello? Anybody home? Hey! Our generation may not remember the moon landing, but we remember moon boots. If you owe a few cavities to candy cigarettes, learn your adverbs from Schoolhouse Rocks, burned your shins on a hot middle slide with sharp edges, exploding pop rocks for science, and you still want your MTV, then this podcast is for you. Dancing with Myself is dedicated to the decade of excess, the 1980s. So pull up your leg warmers and let's get physical. You're listening to Dancing With Myself. I'm your host, Heather, and I'm obsessed with the 1980s. As the decade continued, success on the rock scene seemed to depend less on concocting something new than on refining time-honored formulas. ZZ Top, a self-described little old blues band from Texas that formed in 1970, kept the flame alive and finally hit it big in 1983 with their album Eliminator. George Michael emulated the soul singers of the old and became the first white artist to top Billboard's Rhythm and Blues chart with his 1987 album Faith. And veteran rocker Phil Collins scored repeatedly with danceable tunes like his 1983 remake of You Can't Hurry Love and sensitive love ballads like 1985's One More Night. Other groups hit pay dirt by reviving heavy metal with its grinding guitars and glaring exhibitionism. David Lee Roth, oh yeah, former Van Halen lead singer, bared his emotions and, sometimes, his backside during concerts. Mining the same vein were Guns N' Roses with their grungy look and Motley Crue, which grabbed attention by claiming to worship Satan. At the opposite end of the emotional spectrum was the uplifting Irish band U2, hailed for their 1987 album The Joshua Tree, whose lead singer Bono professed Christianity and sympathy for the downtrodden. John Cougar Mellencamp's lyrics brought attention to the hardships of life in small-town Midwestern America with his 1982 album, American Fool, which stayed at number one on the charts for nine weeks. And newcomer Bruce Hornsby, whose musical influences ranged from blues to bluegrass, explored race relations in his stirring 1986 debut, The Way It Is. The eclectic 1980s offered equal opportunity to artists over 30, Tina Turner, who had children older than some of the decade's rock stars, made a comeback as a rock goddess with the release of 1984's Private Dancer, in which she posed the provocative question, what's love got to do with it? Paul Simon, writing three decades of success, explored new ground in 1986 by joining with South African musicians on the Grammy-winning Graceland. And Bruce Springsteen, hailed as the boss in the mid-1970s, triumphantly defended that title a decade later with Born in the USA, a rousing tribute to blue-collar America, where people rolled with the punches and came bouncing back, much as the boss himself. If you have a 20-sided die in your junk drawer, a ream of graph paper in your closet, and a tingle of remorse that you never made it past 5th level elf, you just might be a recovering D&Der, 
Or maybe you still get together in someone's basement for a Thursday night game, even though you're pushing 50 and have kids and a mortgage and a real job that has very little to do with killing dragons. We bet it's in computers, perhaps. Anyway, this fantasy role-playing game first hit the scene in 1974 and trickled down to high schoolers by the 1980s. This was the hobby for smart kids and misfits who bonded together over an imagination-bending endeavor that let them pretend they were mighty warriors who didn't get any nosebleeds when they talked to girls. It was kind of like a weekly poker game with Cheetos and Orange Crush instead of cigars and scotch. Every couple of years, it seemed parents and principals would cast a magic spell of paranoia and declare that the game was tied to Satanism and the occult. Kids just shrugged it off. They knew they had less to fear from the D&D playing nerd who sat next to them in English than they did from the roid rage bully who didn't know an orc from an ogre. Where's the thief? An embarrassing Thanksgiving reunion special aired back in 2001, minus Joe. Seasons of the original show are slowly trickling out on streaming services and, of course, can be found on the antiquated DVD. 